0: All right. Welcome back to the Limited Upside podcast. I'm Ben Epstein, joined by the namesake on the cover art that you're seeing here. If you're listening to the Limited Upside, that's Mike Prado on the other line. Mike is in New York. I'm in Los Angeles, but we both want to talk about free agency i mean it's it's Mm -hmm. the only thing right now that that i think is topical in the nba despite the fact that at this time usually mike we'd be doing well. this time usually in between the uh -hmm. off season and the regular season starting normally we'd be doing our our team previews so this is kind (laughs) of going to be like an inverted team preview based upon the movement of the draft and free agency mike how you doing today
1: i'm okay you know it's uh it's a little strange talking about free agency in November, right before Thanksgiving, <laughs> which I actually remember what day it was. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's a little weird. I mean I don't know what you think about this free agency, but like obviously like every free agency feels like it's like this crazy frenzy and oh my god, I can't believe that's happened. I don't know. This free agency was not
0: that to me. I agree. I agree. It felt this felt like a lot of posturing, a lot of teams that Again, you just got a clear look at your roster because the season just ended for some teams. I should say some teams didn't make the bubble, so we didn't watch a handful of teams play. Um, A lot of teams have been off in in that case for, what, eight months?
1: Yeah, it'll be nine months.
0: It'll be more than nine months by the time the season starts. So that's a whole nother wrinkle that makes us a different season, but we also literally had the draft uh, last week and then had free agency start right on the heels. And so, you know, teams are kind of prying, I think trying to be cautious to an extent, but also try to fill gaps that they are more assuming they have than, than they're aware of maybe in, in a more physical sense that have played out. Like, Let's give a good example. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta and Sacramento are the two teams that come to mind, not just because the movement of the restricted free agency of uh, Bogdanovich, um, but but because both had kind of bigger questions about, are they going to be going for it? Is this a year to make a leap? Uh, Is this a year to try to, in the Kings case, let a guy go who you don't want to overpay for. They had a draft pick fall to them that I don't think they really assumed they would get. That happened. And then, you know, moments later, days later, they're having to make a, their largest restricted free agency decision. So these well, things
1: moving I think they made their decision. They just tried to drag it out a little up. bit more. I mean they, were going, sure. to, they were going to they were gonna lose them. I guess, like, mm-hmm. they had to decide if it was worth losing him over... I mean, God, the Bogdanovich thing is like a whole can of worms that, like, we're going to... There's just a lot of sketchy stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, the other reason it wasn't a really big, busy free agency is that there weren't that many great free agents. So that sort of kind of... Sure. That was true before the pandemic. That was sort of how it always has been. Mm-hmm. And then you add in, like, kind of the uncertainty about future finances. And, I mean, what I... The funny thing about, like, what you, know, you, what you talk about with, like, teams not really knowing what they were is you saw the most active teams in free agency probably were the ones, and this is no surprise, but it's still true, tended to be the ones who played the least, didn't play that often. Like, mm-hmm. a long, played a long time ago, um, generally because they were bad, but still... Um, Okay, pick a team. Who? What? What is actually interesting that you want to talk about in this free agency class? I think the the two biggest dominoes that are yet to fall are the Giannis Supermax situation and the James Harden Russell Westbrook. I'm gonna. I am going to do not even know if I should throw Russell Westbrook in there, but the James Harden okay. situation. I think taking those out because we've talked about those a lot. And mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, God, the I don't know about the Bucks, man. I, I really don't know. I, I have a lot of feelings about how all that that whole thing went down. But taking all that mm-hmm, out. Go ahead. Come, let's cool. start let's start with the boxing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened with the Bogdanovich thing. Like if it's if it's true, I mean you know, there our friend Jake Fisher just wrote a story kind of detailing some of the stuff that went down. It's really hard to separate um exactly what's true and what's not. But if it's true that on some level the league was very concerned about tampering charges and the threat or the actual reality of that happening prevented a Bogdanovich-Bucks reunion that everybody who was involved in the transaction seemed to want, that I think is very lame. And I, I think that's really, really, really unfortunate. You know, mm-hmm. Sacramento did much better making that trade with Milwaukee than they did losing it for nothing. Absolutely. Right? So they're the most aggrieved party. Bogdanovich probably would have... And so then Milwaukee's got to pivot into like this... Mishmash of whatever that like I, I don't really think really changes their team very much. The the one exception is I kind of like Tory Craig. I think that was a good pickup. I think he's going to really help him. But like you know DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, like you're basically left with like the upgrade from Drew to from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday at the cost of your entire fleet of draft picks. You yeah. know I get why counters wouldn't be so enthused about that. Like my assumption that they were going to be a lot better was my my assumption that they're going to be a lot better was based on having Bogdanovich. Like, that made sense to me. And so, but we don't know, like, if there was something the Bucs really badly screwed up. It sounds like they were not very discreet. You know, maybe it's really just as simple as, you know, Bogdanovich's agency wanted more money and they got it. You know, maybe it's not really that big a, a thing. I don't know who's at fault. But if it's true that, if it is true that on some level the league sort of, being heavy handed about the tampering thing prevented this from happening. I think that's really lame.
0: Yeah. You, you tweeted something a few days ago about pertaining to tampering as it is just, it it feels like it's picked and and chosen randomly. Like some tampering is okay. It's just happened. It's just the way the league flows. Other tampering, like in this case may or may not, not, we're speculating, but it feels this way. Change the course and trajectory of two franchises, potentially the entire free agent market. Here, who knows what Atlanta does if it's not spending that well, RFA money? Well, forget that. Uh, like it may change Giannis's future in Milwaukee. One hundred percent. Well, that's about, yeah, one of the two teams I should say. That, I mean, that, yeah, which could that, then, that's the NBA. That affects everything. You know. yeah, um, it's very Chris Paul trade. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, pal trade. Right. I'm,
1: I get. I'm, I'm, I guess the way I look at it is that if your biggest crime is that you didn't, you weren't discreet enough, that's really and. That's like what you're getting nicked for, I just think that's really lame, I don't I know like do what the properly like I don't know yeah. what the solution is, like I get that they you know and again, it may be very possible that like Milwaukee overstated it the level the degree to which it had an agreement with bogdanovich, you know like I mean I don't it, there's clearly a lot that's not known, but like if your biggest but, crime is that you didn't keep up appearances, I think that's really lame, and it's like now you're punishing Milwaukee.
0: Yeah. And Sacramento, like the teams. Yeah. Two markets that don't need any more reason for players to leave or be angry. Yeah. Or to, you know, that don't need any, they need all the boosts they can get. In fact, if you're the NBA as a league, and this is where let's get super conspiratorial, does the NBA want Giannis to play his entire career in the Milwaukee market? Well, I mean,.
1: The ratings would say no. Um, <laughs> if we want to get really conspiratorial, I suppose that's the thing to say. I mean, yeah, yeah. like, I think here's the thing about there are also a lot of people that are saying, well, if Milwaukee got into a sort of position where Bogdan Bogdanovich is the difference between keeping Giannis or not, which, by the way, we still don't know he still could sign the Supermax. I know that. For sure. But my argument to that is, that yeah, OK, fine. I'll, I'll give you that with. Cheaping out on Malcolm Brogdon and thus having to overpay Drew Holiday. I'll give you that on a lot of the stuff that they did that John Horses had to clean up. I'll give you that on the Eric Bledsoe extension. But, like, that doesn't apply across the board. Like, this is Mm – this situation, again, if it really went down the way it did, which it sounds like, like, that's still – I think that's an injustice to the Bucks. regardless. You know, it's not fair – It's not fair to pick on them for all the other stuff they did when they seem to have found a arrangement, a challenging arrangement, having paid a legitimate price in terms of giving up assets to get this player who may or may not even be the difference. Like we're not talking about a superstar; we're talking about Bogdan Bogdanovich. We'll talk about Atlanta (laughs) sure at some point. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. who is who is really being harmed here? And then is that really can you really blame the Bucks for that? I guess it depends on some of the stuff we don't know about, but if yeah. again, their biggest crime was just the appearances. I just think that that that's really lame. It's really unfortunate. And that yeah. I feel sympathy for them and their fans over this situation.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, me too. Me too. I, I, I don't like the way it played out. I don't like how public and immediate everything is, uh, as a fan base, I'd be, pretty frustrated if I was a Bucs fan uh, as a conspiratorial NBA person, which I may or may not be, I feel like this has some legs. And then on top of it all, man, like, look, you mentioned there weren't a whole lot of like blue chip or like the A plus free agents. Well, that moves someone like Bogdanovich who was a restricted free agent in this case way up. I mean, mm-hmm. he was one of the movers and shakers this off season, And if the timelines match up like Giannis is supermax and a player like that, well, it has more value because look value is based upon Time and place, um, right? And they mutually,
1: at least based on all the reporting, they have a mutual appreciation for each other.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know,
1: it seemed like they wanted to go there, but you know, in the end, Bogdanovich got more money than he would have gotten. So
0: he did. Kudos he did. to him and his agent got picking up those and a, and commission fees and a big role. I mean, look, he's going to be a, a big player on a team where he is going to get to shoot when and wherever he wants. He is arguably well. The is he? I mean, Troy Young's going to take all the shots. Sure. I mean, look. The point is, it's a free-flowing tick. I mean, look. I yeah. watched the the Hawks play enough last year to know that yes, Trey Young sets the tone for how they play. Mm. Um, I would also argue that given that the team is so young although I guess Gallo is sort of there now they're veteran he's going to let it fly too the question is how many threes per game uh will the will the hawks take and a lot. might have a, a lot is the answer to that that's right well um,
1: okay do you want to talk about the hawks cuz i mean everybody yeah, they're the team that uh, has clearly added the most talent and people are excited so I, about them
0: i agree they added the most talent i think the lakers have had the most impactful uh offseason but we can get to them next we'll do mm. the hawks first
1: yeah. I don't know if I agree that the Lakers are the most impactful. I don't know. I have to think yeah, I mean, about that a little when bit. When you're the
0: champion, well, we'll get to them. We'll get to the league. Okay. Let's start with the Hawks. Let's start with the Hawks because the Hawks, uh, just to recap for everyone, they brought in Rajon Rondo. They brought in Chris Dunn. That's the, uh, the the backcourt additions. Bogdanovich being also backcourt wing, whatever you want to call him.
1: Gallinari. Um,
0: and, and, then, and then Danilo Gallinari um, as well. Um, keeping in mind, they still have a decision to make on John Collins and they brought in Clint Capella last year. And in, in, in and trade. they drafted you know,
1: Okongwu, who is also
0: a big oh, guy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and they drafted on yeah, uh, uh, Anjika and Yeka on, on Kongu, Um and who is a big guy and kind of you know, as Ricky said on this pod, in, in the mold of of a Bam Adebayo in terms of what you're trying to get out of him, which which is is interesting because like they're bigs as is right now. You know, C- Capella is not like a huge guy, and Collins is another guy who wants to step out and take jumpers as, as well. Um, and Collins, well, we'll start there. Let's start yeah, there. You because... know what? Like,
1: I think we should start there because okay. I think it very much. Uh, typifies exactly what's happened here so i pose this question to you in a text Mm -hmm. take the four kids that they basically have drafted alongside young in this Mm -hmm. very quick rebuild that they have suddenly short-circuited uh herder kevin herder cam reddish john collins and deandre hunter how many Mm -hmm. of those guys do you think are on the team in in a year because they all basically got replaced (laughs) <laughs> <And for interesting. laughs> like, like I, I guess you would start Gallo at the three, but, like, that's not really his position anymore, so... No. And then there's Capella. Herder got replaced by Bogdanovich. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, again, basically got replaced by Gallinari. Col- I mean, Collins kind of got replaced by Okongu and Clint Capella. Cam Reddish kind of got replaced by, like, Chris Dunn. Like, all, all the other guards, yeah. Right, like, so... I mean like I guess it's cool that you've like kind of upgraded your talent but like boy I, I have I always have questions about teams that pivot
0: that quickly. Well so like then that begs a question it's cuz you're you're essentially saying they're going to still make moves. Is this in season or is this pre? Are they going to be making moves in the next couple of weeks to unload is Collins getting moved in the next 2 weeks? I mean I otherwise I'm not quite
1: sure well how they all fit together. I mean I'm, I'm yeah. really only like kind of thinking about this from that perspective. I mean look at their team right now. I so they they basically decided that this was their summer and they didn't want to – this was the only time they're going to have Trey Young clearly getting a little bit antsy, their owner clearly getting antsy, which is a whole nother story entirely. It's like you're not even going to have full fan capacity at these games. Like why is this the year that you're going to be like, well, we got to put butts in the seats, but that's neither here nor there. Um, like I just I, – I, I'm very skeptical of teams that just decide they don't want to rebuild anymore. And it just – in general. Now, given that, let's look at the team that they have. Mm-hmm. I like the Bogdanovich signing. I think that's a good signing for them. I think if they had stopped there, I would have really liked their offseason. Maybe maybe not stop there, but the Gallinari one is the one that kind of confuses me because I mean he's a really good player. Age timeline definitely not on the right track. But also, I mean he's a four at this point. Like I don't think you mm-hmm. can bring him into play three. I know you have some questions about collins's long-term future in his position i think they've kind of i don't know what they're doing with him like they sort of moved him around a lot of different ways um maybe there's some issue there but like i i don't really see the functionality of gallinari if you also have clint capella right 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 I, maybe that I was think- a mistake of a move i don't know but i like the i think bogdanovich is a really good sonic for them because they need sort of that bridge wing that can kind of create for himself but also play off. I think that was really good. Mm -hmm. I don't really understand why Charlotte went for Hayward instead of Bogdanovich for less money.
0: Uh, I think that has to do with name and and fan base and, Mm. and trying to build something with, with ball. And now you've got a veteran free agent who people know well, as well as your rookie (laughs) who everyone knows. Yeah. All those, all those
1: Hornets fans, you know, stuck inside during the pandemic. Now they're going to go to Hornets games because Gordon Hayward's on the team.
0: It's not even about going. It's just like creating fan base enthusiasm. And I'm not sure that Bagdanovich does that. And the Hawks already have that because they have Trey young. And, and look, I I think Hornets have LaMelo ball though. He just got him, is the point. Yeah, I mean, like, and who you're, I guess a lot of this was that they never gave Kemba another running mate. And now, you know, look, Ball and Hayward and, um, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham are, that's, that's not bad. That's not good, but it's not right. bad. Yeah. PJ Washington is good. I mean, it's like, look, the, these are teams, all of these teams that we're talking about right now in terms of the Hawks, Charlotte, uh, even Sacramento so far, but these are not, Hawks may be a playoff team now. We'll see. They're going to compete with Orlando, I suppose. I mean, it feels like that's the open spot. Are they going to be better than the Pacers to be a seven seed? No, probably not. I
1: mean, there's also, you know, we'll see about the Wizards, you know,
0: maybe Charlotte's now in the mix. Right, but I'm saying like, so this is the eight seed you're competing for. And and I think like if the thought process is to get Trey Young and these young, young players playoff experience and try to make a playoff push, you're, you know, get out of drafting in the lottery. The team is super young, like you mentioned, well, was super young prior to this free agency, um, um, you know, like it makes a little sense. I, I think with John Collins, I'm, I'm always curious because I feel like there's such a split on, on John Collins, his value, how good he is, uh, what his position is in the NBA. Is he a, is he a bam center? Is he a, uh, is he a, a power forward? He likes to step out and shoot a bit, but he's man, no one rocks the rim quite like John Collins right. he can really throw down. So I still think he's I'm high on him. I think he's a good player. I think he could be a, a nice piece on a smart team that figures out the right way to use him. Where at the Hawks, it seems like they just built out his position. Like they just moved him out of any potential you know, direct fit, even as a starter. Now, if we just right. John Collins' contract, I guess he's in a contract season where right? they'd have to extend him. Yeah, uh, he's up for an extension, yeah, which is its his own extension. question, obviously. Right.
1: That's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you believe that John, I, let's say you do not sure if he's a four or five, which they're mm-hmm, not. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've kind of jerked him around a little bit position-wise. Mm-hmm. I think defensively there are major questions, um, which I think is a huge factor when Trey Young is your best player. Like so, I know so Gallinari is
0: on your team now too.
1: Well, now he is, but so that's the thing, yeah. right? So if he, if he if you think he's more of a five than a four, then the Capella trade makes less sense in com mm-hmm. in conjunction with the Okongu pick. If you think he's more a four, then the Gallinari sign doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? right. So at, at either direction, I don't really know exactly. I mean, I guess like if you trade him, what could you get from at this point? And I don't know if he's that... I think there is a possibility that he's kind of an empty stat, like kind of stuck between a position type of player, and... You but, could be. But I also... I don't know, like, what what good does it do for you to have galinari to have Capella then? You know, I'd rather yeah. create a situation more like what you had with when Devin, Dwayne Dedmon
0: was at his best, where they had a shooting center. Um, yeah.
1: So I, I mean, guess, ju-
0: and not to mention we, we have been talking, I mean, DeAndre Hunter was picked in the like fifth or sixth or whatever it right. was last year. Like not as just an older, that yeah, f- fourth, yeah. I believe. And also they traded fourth. like
1: a zillion draft picks to get him, and presumably yeah. he's going to be a four at some point if that's the
0: idea. I mean, he's not even sniffing this. Ro- I mean, he's in the rotation, but barely. The way this team's comprised right now,
1: I guess he could start at the three. But yeah, maybe, yeah, I mean I I, I, yeah. I mean there's also like the Rondo signing, which I think is like kinda also doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you know if they think they're gonna get playoff Rondo for the regular season, <laughs> like I'm just not sure where they get that idea from. That's
0: where Chris Dunn is for, though. Chris Dunn will work very hard every possession of every game.
1: I think it was a good signing. I like I like me this. Too. One. To me, That's if they I'm if saying. they did Bogdanovich, Chris Dunn and like maybe stop there, maybe get a different veteran point guard than Rondo um maybe you i guess i had jeff Teague last year they probably they got rid of him you know maybe maybe you do one more maybe you get one more sort of quality maybe you get covington oh, i guess he wasn't a free agent um mm-hmm. but or even jeremy grant no well, not even jeremy grant because he would be <laughs> expensive but you know you get someone on that level like kind of another role playing wing that's not gallinari and you i would have liked their offseason a lot better but i mm-hmm. just don't the Gallinard thing doesn't make much sense if you already have Collins and Capel and Okongwu. So, and I just so, think the Rondo thing is not going to work out as well as they hope. But I like yeah, Bogdanovich. Um, I think Bogdanovich is a great addition
0: for them. I think he's exactly yeah. what they need. Me too. So let me ask you, do they be do they overtake Orlando? Are they the eight seed in the East?
1: Uh, I'm going to say tentatively no. Okay. But I'm not entirely sure. Because, I mean, Orlando, I think, has got some moves in them.
0: You know, I, I also mean, think look, it, John, also, John Wall could come back and be healthy. And then all of a sudden the Wizards have as good of a backcourt as anyone in the East and we a just, pretty interesting young global team.
1: Yeah, we could just sort of do the Jedi Mind trick over what happened the, the last trade. two weeks with the trade request. Maybe <laughs> Russell West Maybe maybe Russell, <laughs> Russell Westbrook comes to DC. Who knows? Yeah. And, but I mean yes. if the Wizards aren't making the playoffs this year is a big disappointment, so you have to think about them in the race as well.
0: And they were close. People forget the Wizards were like I mean they weren't that close. Look, they were insofar as the eighth seed in the East is not an unattainable position in the NBA world. It's it's about five it to ever, ten games under five hundred.
1: Yeah, has it ever been? <laughs> No. All right. No, so, not for a while. So okay, that's a, let's move on. That's Atlanta. You you, you think the Lakers won the offseason? Um, I'm not sure anyone yeah. won the offseason. Like, I don't really see exactly who, but I mean, so do you think the Lakers are much better than they were? Because that seems to be the consensus.
0: No. Yeah, I don't know if they're much better, but I think they got a little better. And I think. <laughs> and i think they won the championship with a calculus that that will work again like I, I think if we're talking about a situation where uh you know assume ad makes his long-term signing or whatever supermax um yeah i look i think that um i think Harold gasol and schroeder represent a talent upgrade i, I think wesley matthews Probably gives you a similar to what you got from Danny Green. There's a give-take a little bit there. Where Danny Green wasn't particularly strong defensively for them last year. Uh, And Matthews is going to be able to hit probably around, if not a little higher, a similar percentage of open threes. No, that was a good Um, pickup. I I think that might have been... I think Matthews might have been better than Green last year. Well, totally. And so, and Schroeder, like we talk about playoff Rondo, okay, that that was an isolated bubble playoff Rondo. But Schroeder had a great year last year. Like he he really showed a, a side of him that has always kind of been there, but with more consistency. And on a team like the Lakers, where there's enough defensive, look, Contavio, Caldwell Pope. Uh, uh, I mean, Caruso, you have defensive guards. You have AD and LeBron on the court. Mm. Um, it allows for you to have a, an offensive forward like like Harrell or Morris. Um, you know, kind of, you know, look, again... They still have Kuzma on their team. Who knows if that'll end up being the case, but Markeith Morris, Anthony Davis, Marc Gasol, montrez Harrell is a fine front court to go along with LeBron James running your queen piece of the chessboard there. I think they got more talented offensively, didn't give up a whole lot defensively got the same type of veteran who knows how good Marc Gasol will be, but like in my mind's eye at a limited amount of minutes properly uh, mixed in with, with the right lineups, like, they can run some point through him in their second lineup with AD. Uh, they they can really be creative because they added smart players. They added like gifted intellectual basketball players okay. to go along, guys. Well, they I think added, they added saw... one. <laughs> what, maybe yeah, and, two. Then, and, and I, I think I'm... I think Math. I feel like Matthews is in that bucket okay, too. So I think I feel like was two. Yeah, I mean, look how many teams added multiple players. Period. This offseason, that are going to make a difference. Let alone adding four and two of them probably fit in with your older bracket. Uh, of like, okay, Grizzly veterans that you were going to fill spots with. Um, Yeah, I think the Lakers just added like a slightly better layer of talent to the team that just won the championship. And, you know, LeBron is for whatever, Palinka, whoever you want to give credit to, but like LeBron is really good at kind of finding the right veteran pieces and then getting so much more out of them than I think people expected. He's done this everywhere he's gone. Did it with Dwight and Rondo last year too. Um, and so uh, I have yeah. no expectation that he's not going to get the proper amount out of these players. And, and again, they're going to supplement each other. You know, you, you don't need Marc Gasol playing more than 15 minutes a game. You, you know, 20 minutes a game. Yeah. all right. That's so, probably the right amount for him.
1: Right. So to me, these moves signal to me, they signal that LeBron is not going to go all out in the regular season. Yes, it's true also. Because I, I look at these moves and there's really only one. Maybe one and a half that are like that. That guy is going to be on the floor, or should be on the floor when they're closing games in the playoffs. Who's exactly. that? And that's probably Wes Matthews.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, maybe Schroeder. Yeah, maybe Schroeder. Probably Schroeder, Although, I mean, Schroeder himself was kind of an interesting, divisive player. Like, I think the price they his paid, whole <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. the price they paid to get him is pretty was pretty fair. If you're not going to keep Rondo. Um, and I'm not sure they should have, so I understand that, but you know, he's not rondo he's a and is he he's a ball dominant he shot very well last year, um but he hasn't shot amazingly in his
0: career oh, but uh, similar to rondo man, he's good at keeping keeping his dribble alive and getting to the rim i mean he's he is he, he is yeah. he um
1: not defensively has not been very good. Yeah, so you're right. definitely making a massive defensive downgrade, I think, from yeah. Rondo the playoff Rondo to Schroeder. But I, I can accept that if like you're gonna lose Rondo, like that's a fair price to pay. And I think Wes Matthews is gonna give them just as much as Danny Green. The Harrell thing, I mean, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Harrell's game. I kinda wonder exactly again, like that that to me strikes me as a regular season signing. That strikes me as saying mm. we need to get through the seventy two games because in in the Playoffs in the 16 game sample, I mean, wouldn't based on the his the precedent of last year, wouldn't it make the most sense to start a Gasol, start maybe have like another center, and then Markeith Morris plays a lot, and then you just kind of checkmate to the 80 Five lineups. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Uh yes, but I guess this is kind of matchup dependent too. Um uh, yeah, there there's a world where they <laughs> you know it's funny. There's a world where they do what they did last year, where they leaned on Dwight. In the NBA Finals, like and the semifinals, like Dwight had an outsized role, you know, given where he's at in his career for a championship team last year. I'm wondering if that's the case. Uh, maybe not for Harold. Uh, Harold is the interesting piece, but maybe for Gasol. Um, How much you know, does he was have really left bad in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I was Gasol really didn't have
1: much last year. Gasol was too. I mean, I I understand that like the mm-hmm. price there kind of made it useful, but so they basically they they have better spacing. They probably – they have more ways to score. They don't have the offensive rebounding that they had. And defensively, I think they're roughly about even, if not worse.
0: Yeah, it's fair. It's fair.
1: So, I mean, I understand. Like, I get. I think they did okay, but I think they were getting a little carried away. Like, let. I wonder if, like, the – what could they have done? With, so they basically decided to use the whole mid-level exception – to get Harold, which then hard capped them, so they now have like a cap on what they can spend. Mm-hmm. You know, would it have been better, a better fit for what they did if they had found someone else with that, either use a mid full mid level on someone else, or use a taxpayer mid level for uh, you know, for maybe. You look across town and, like, Ibaka would have been awesome for the Lakers. Um,
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I won. (laughs) yes, Ibaka would have been perfect. Uh, There's no doubt about it. But that's just because Ibaka is a more serviceable and, again, multifaceted player than – he's sort of like if you combine what you like about Gasol and Harrell into one player. Um, Right. And that's obviously – two for one is better. Or one player instead of two is better. So Um, so they
1: did good. I I don't think they did great. I think – I think as a playoff team, they're not as good, quite as dominant as they were last year. They will probably win a lot of regular season games. And I think ultimately these were what these moves were about. Like they're going to have mm-hmm. games that Dennis Schroder and Montrezl Harrell just sort of carry them in, in February and March. And maybe mm-hmm. having LeBron on the team will kind of fend off some of the chemistry issues that seem to befell sure. the Clippers with Harrell.
0: Yep. Yep. Agreed. Um, Okay. Let's move on to two Western conference teams, Phoenix and Portland. I think both of them are getting a lot of, a lot of buzz right now as, as potential disruptors in the West. Um, Phoenix as a playoff team that can bust in there and Portland as a team who, uh, you know, obviously showed up big in the bubble and has had a, a, a pretty good um offseason as well adding covington re-signing carmelo um bringing in his cancer for whatever you want to call that um they also i think got harry giles and derek jones jr great move to get harry giles yeah i like harry giles too and they also um resigned rodney hood so uh whichever one you want to start with here but tell me what you think about uh let's start with portland we just said great move harry giles but tell me why portland had a good offseason and yeah they're going to make some more
1: noise in the West. I mean, Portland last year like didn't have Nurkic the whole season. When they if you have to also kind of think of him as another addition, even though he played sure. in the bubble. I mean, they had like no wings, and they just got two very quality. They got they had one very quality wing, and they signed another who has potential, and you know kept the rest of their team together. I I mean, I think they had a pretty good off season. Um, I'm not sure that these moves are like going to be what exactly puts them back in the top of the near the top hmm. of the West, so they could all be more so. Return to health of Nurkic and Zach Collins, or if they trade him and continued improved play from Lillian McCollum, whatever
0: it is. Gary Trent Jr.
1: Yeah, oh, right. And Gary Trent Jr., who came. Yeah, I mean, they have a good team. I I think they did fairly well. I think the price for Covington was pretty fair. I think if, you know, I I think they will have trouble, I think, in, in like the. A-plus matchups, I think, guarding yeah. wings because, I mean, we saw this in the playoffs that Covington, much better help defender than uh, he is a man-to-man defender. Uh, Always Derek,
0: been the case, yep.
1: yep. Yeah, I, Derek jones here hasn't quite shown enough shooting. You know, we'll have to see. I I mean, I think Harry Giles is a great pickup. I think it's going to really help them. Getting Cantor back is good. They're good. I think they'll be back in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoenix, I think, meaningfully improved their team. Yeah. You know, yeah, I guess it depends on how much, of course, Paul is left. But like, if you assume that Paul still has plenty left, I think that's a major upgrade. As much as I like Rubio, I, I think that'll help. I like the Jay Crowder edition. I think that's mm-hmm. someone, something they didn't really have. Uh, they didn't really, they've got a lot of good wings, but they don't have like kind of a four guy, Garf guard fours unless Mikel Bridges was doing it. I think that was a really good pickup. I know he's going to have moments where he doesn't shoot as well, but mm-hmm. that's life. Uh, they kept Dario Sarge, which I think was a good, was a good move. He can play small five. He can play four. Uh, yeah. I like, I, I really like actually the pickup of Lansing Galloway. I've always liked him. Me too. I think he's a good player. Um, Keeping Javon Carter, keeping Cameron Payne, who played really well in the bubble, and let's see what you know. De- Devin Booker's next act is, you know, I, yeah. I really like. I, I just I'm, I'm trying to be cautious because so much of the optimism around them is based on that eight game sample in the bubble. But I think they're a much better team on paper. I would be surprised if they missed the playoffs. Um, and I know the West is deep, but I mean, I think they did a really nice job. And you yeah. know, I don't think losing Kelly Oubre is any huge loss. Frankly, um, we should talk We'd about Go- we talk <laughs> yeah. about Golden State because I mean that's a team that's going to be tough to figure out this year. Um, yeah,
0: man. Wow. What a what a weird two weeks for Golden State. Yeah. Um the other West team that did bet did well for themselves, I think, is Dallas. Hmm. You like the Dallas moves. I mean, I think it was a weird, you know, win-win trade they made with the Sixers with yes. uh, Seth Curry was a player. The Sixers desperately needed, need it. And Richardson's the type of guy who can play really well off of Luca. Um, and they have enough shooters still. It's, you know, it's more for me, what is the timeline on Porzingis? I mean, that, right, yeah. <laughs> the the reality there is that's a guy yeah. who might not play until January, February uh, with uh, at the earliest. I mean, we're, we're learning more about the timelines, uh, as it comes out, but you know, Porzingis is a very important piece of that puzzle. He's what makes them a, a legitimate threat in the West from a team being carried by a great player. I mean, a top five player in the league, probably in Luka at this point. Um, but it's Porzingis, you know, that, that enhances what they already have there. Um, I'm curious what happens there. And then it's just like, can he stay healthy? What kind of shape does he come in? Is that a lost year physically? And, or does he have dead legs? I mean, he's, he's had one injury after another and and yeah, you, you hate to see it. I hate to say, it, like, you hate to see it, but, like, it, it does make you question being a 7-3, like, lanky, but ultimately plays a very aggressive style. You know, how does that work? You know, right. There's there's very little track record to base it off of. There's really never been a Przingis-like player. And you know, He's a very unique guy. Um, I'm not going not to just unique, very unique. Very unique. I <laughs> fucking hate that I just qualified unique. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, I mean, he's a, he's an extremely um, fun asset to have on the court. And I think Luke is a guy who is just, there's a lot of life to the way he plays. And honestly, like, that's one of the things that makes me most interested with, with this season, 72 games, you got to assume that records will be tighter. Obviously, there's less there's less opportunity for things to separate. By the way, that's that, be... that assumes
1: that as soon as we get yeah. through seventy two games, just because seventy two yeah. games are on the yeah. schedule doesn't mean we'll play seventy
0: two games. That's very true. So seventy two scheduled games per team. I mean, the West five through ten could be separated by four or five games max.
1: Right. Here's my case for yeah. why Dallas, I think, still belongs near close to the top. Point differential wise, they were a really good team last year that lost mm-hmm. a lot of close games. So they were very close last year. I mean, they were not the seventh best team in that conference. They were better than that. They were probably closer mm-hmm. to Denver. I think they might have even had a higher point differential. They just mm-hmm. could not win a close game to save their lives. And part of that is because Luca, all the things that makes him great in the first three quarters can be a bit of a handicap to him in the fourth because of his one-ball style. That was one reason. By the way, they, they got that record despite taking a while to figure out what was going, how to use Porzingis, despite Dwight Mm -hmm. Powell getting hurt, their starting center, despite kind of taking a while to figure out their guard and wing rotation. Now their biggest weaknesses outside of shot creation late was defensively, they didn't have enough on the wing. Well, now they don't have that problem anymore. Josh Richardson, I think, is, is going to solve a lot of that.
0: Right. Yeah, I like Josh Richardson. I, I I liked him all last year on the Sixers. He was playing in a position that wasn't right for him, basically trying to assume the JJ Redick role and like you know, the dribble handoffs with Embiid and stuff. And like he's not a great shooter. He's got a right. super slow release, and you know that was unfair burden on him offensively that he just isn't going to have to do. On Dallas, where he can focus on being a dog defensively, which he's great at. I mean, he is a really good on-ball defender. Um, yeah, and and plays bigger than he is. Plays can play small too. I mean, he. Uh, I'm a big fan of Richardson. I think he's going to be in a perfect place uh, you know, in terms of the team around him. Even when guys like – even when he plays with a Hardaway or a Trey Burke or a Brunson, like he's going to be able to fit in right. uh, with them because he's not going to be the primary ball handler or the primary shooter in any lineup they put in. And that's what's right for Josh Richardson.
1: Yeah, I think it was a good win-win trade for sure. And I really like Seth Curry. I think they should have tried to keep him. What, like, But, yeah. you know. I like, had to give a if six they had, or something. If they, had, if they had Seth Curry instead of Tim Hardaway, I'd be even higher on them. Sure. Um, but I think they have, like, you know, they got a lot of really nice pieces. I think they were they're starting from a higher perch than a lot of places in terms of their championship upside. Yes, it, it comes down to Porzingis' health, but yeah. I think that they will still win a lot of games. So I, I like what they've done. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, you know, that's, that's that's the other team that I think maybe is getting the short shrift a little bit. Good news if you're disappointed like me that the nba season is over or at least it's good news for people who unlike me love this sport which appears to be the majority of this country the wait's finally over football is back for now at least but probably for a while you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day every day. There will be a winner for the NFC East, I promise. Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Work productivity in this economy? Yep, 2020 has already reshaped how we work. Thankfully, it's almost over, although the worst may be yet to come. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. By the way, hello guys. Quality candidate here. Anyway. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job. That makes Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering limited upside listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts. That means more quality candidates will see it fast, including maybe me. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply.
0: I also like Josh Green, by the way. They drafted Josh Green out of Arizona. I think he could be a player, man. And, and so could, could um, player,
1: the other guy they Ty- drafted. Ty- Ty- yeah.
0: What's his name? Tyrell Terry? Tyrell Terry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know as much about him. I just, you know, I, I kind of watched a lot of film on green and talked about him with Ricky for a little while as well. But I, yeah, look, the, the reality there is they have a good coach. They have a good owner, <laughs> like in terms of NBA, they have a good owner. They have, uh, you know, the right hierarchy of super, super, superstar, um, you know, one of the best players in the league. Um, and it seems like a good understanding um, at least for the way that they play, they kind of play a hybrid modern game. They take a lot of threes. They, they do have some bigs that can rim run and Lucas just so dynamic, man. I mean, I, it's hard to bet against his evolution, seeing what he did over, you know, year one to year two. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, his, his ceiling is, is enormous. So um, yeah, curious team there for sure. Dallas could be um, not even a disruptor. They're firmly in the middle of that Western conference. Let's go to golden state. I, I don't, you know, we don't want mm. to go too long on this. There's only maybe golden state and the last team we'll talk about. Okay. Will be the Detroit Pistons because I don't think, it's, you don't I think wanna, it's impossible. Yeah, go ahead. I
1: don't know what the hell they're doing. I like can't. <laughs> who's even on their roster now? I have to like look it up. Um, well, you know what, you it. don't want to talk about. I mean, you, you
0: seem to be okay with Gordon Hayward at 120 million. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. I'm okay with. I, I'm not okay with. As if I was the uh, a Charlotte Bobcats fan, oh, a Hornets fan, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I wouldn't be that enthusiastic about the 120 million dollars we just gave the Celtics' fifth best player. Well, yeah. Like, so. that's... Yeah.
1: Yeah, so outside of that, I mean, the other thing that's kind of surprising and interesting is that Indiana really wanted Gordon Hayward and Gordon Hayward really wanted Indiana and they mm -hmm. couldn't figure that out. Now, Boston... Gained access to the full mid-level, which I then plunged onto Tristan Thompson, who, by the way, I think would have been a much better fit for the Lakers than Montres Harrell, but that's neither here nor there. Um, sure. You know, I also
0: don't think he's that much of an upgrade. I, I think he is a slight upgrade over... Um, Tice.
1: No, I think Tice is better than him. <laughs> there you go. Great.
0: Fine. Great. <laughs>
1: I think he's better than is Cantor. That's really the, the thing. But, I mean, Boston might be taking a step <laughs> back. I think it's also interesting that Kimba Walker seemed to be like the bloom has already fallen off on him. There was some talk of they were in on yeah, holiday. Knees. I
0: mean I – mean, His knees, man. He's, he's a little guy with bad knees who's played so much fucking basketball in his career. Uh, it, it appears that there's wear and tear issues. I feel like that's the dirty secret that like – Ainge was essentially admitting to and then trying to sell off on. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: one year after they got him, <laughs> for yeah, they paid him right. for a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, right. Boston still has a lot of the same issues that they had in the Miami series that Hayworth presumably was supposed to solve, which is mm-hmm. you know more playmaking and passing. They still have those same problems. I guess it depends. Yeah. Like, is Jason Tatum the player we saw? in the bubble, or is he the player we saw in February? I guess that's sort of the real question. Now, am
0: bullish on Tatum, but yeah, you yeah, good.
1: Yeah, and then you got Indy. We we, we can we don't have to talk about Philly, although I think they're probably better than they were because yeah, they are better, a- fit, better fits. And then there's Indiana, who's sort of, we kind of envis- envision this huge makeover. Miles Turner might be out the door. Oladipo doesn't want to stay. They're... Best players kind of all play well when the others aren't there. You know <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. expensive, and you know they're Indiana. They're not exactly a big market. They don't get the guy that they seem to want. Well, I don't know what's going to happen to them because I mean the theoretical Indiana Pacers look, look pretty nasty, but they're never going to get that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they lost their top uh, assistant coach uh, to the Sixers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, their defensive architect, and they were a nasty defensive team. Um,
1: New head coach Nate Borjan, is that yep. his name? The guy from the Toronto, yeah. Nick Nurse's staff. That should be Correct. interesting. I don't quite know where to slot them in right now either. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, I me mean, neither. I, I I don't either, and and I'm very curious how the Old Depot stuff plays out. I mean, uh, assuming that there's no movement, they have. The redundancy at that specific position is pretty ridiculous. It's Oladipo, Brogdon, Aaron Holiday. Uh, uh, they just drafted Cassius Stanley. Uh, they still have Jeremy Lamb uh, and Justin Holiday and T.J. Warren. So like, there's just a lot of and Jakar Sampson. Yeah. And they have, uh, they have
1: basically a whole team of combo guards and centers. Yeah, is, that's right. It, that's right. It's like a combo guards T.J. Warren and center and uh, T.J. Warren Justin Holiday and it's center.
0: Like traditional centers, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean. Yeah. I'm 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 a little surprised. I know Miles Turner makes a lot of money, but I'm a little surprised that like the bloom has fallen off him so fast. It seemed like Boston didn't want him. Um,
0: yeah. It's always hard to it's for me it is always difficult to understand how serious any talks are with Danny Ainge. Like right. and that's not to like not it's just like my man has been rumored in every single like mm. conversation. Danny's having conversations and it's like, okay, and I think Turner would have been an upgrade for them for sure. Yeah. Um but anyhow, I'm I'm very curious to see. Uh, I think they're in a weird position where like their ceiling is probably fifth best team in the East, but they could. There's a world where the Pacers are the team that falls out. Uh, uh, falls I don't down.
1: know about that. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. all see. right. So
1: where where do you think Victor Oladipo is playing by next year's trade deadline?
0: At Philly, like he's going to be in the Sixers. No, I'm just kidding. I I that's uh, it's actually not a hundred percent. Kidding, but yeah, I was gonna one. say, are it's you nice, kidding? It's kind of a nice fit. It's kind of a nice fit for the Sixers. Um, yeah, I don't know where Oladipo goes. I, I'd have to look at where he would fit financially and who would actually want to extend him, who'd want to take a one year flyer. Who thinks they're an Oladipo Depot away from winning the title? I don't really know who that is. Wonder um, if uh, Giannis doesn't sign the Supermax. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a sad uh, if 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 the Bucks end up with Old Depot and lose and uh, and having lost. Uh, Brogdon and Giannis, that would be really terrible for their franchise. And Drew
1: Holiday, don't forget
0: about that. And Drew Holiday, yeah, I mean that's Oladipo and Drew aren't going to win shit. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, that's neither here nor there. Let's let's. I, I do want to touch on Golden State, um, just uh-huh. because we we've glossed over them a few times now. Golden State um, added Brad Wanamaker. Uh, Kelly Nico Mannion. They added Kelly Oubre uh and they drafted uh uh james weisman um however you want to pronounce that um Mm. so they also bring back this guy i forget his oh yeah steph curry so steph Mm. curry's back and yeah they were supposed to bring back clay thompson as well before clay suffered a catastrophic injury playing pickup basketball here in los angeles um and i think at this point it's safe to assume that maybe a year from now we will see Clay playing some basketball again um, and in what capacity after two full years off that remains to be determined um, so we can table the Clay discussion until we have more to talk about there other than say that I feel horrible for him Clay seems like the type of guy that all the NBA writers and journalists and other players root for and like like genuinely like their experience with him um, well, he's fun so, to watch He's, he's uh, yeah. I think he's I think and, frankly he's still underrated yeah, Clay might go down as, as one of them. I mean, we'll, a great way to tell the real value of a player being underrated is how their team does without him. Yeah, and last
1: year, not so good.
0: Not so there, good at all, but also stuff wasn't there. So
1: I know there are other factors, but I mean, it's just I think it, it, the most underrated thing about his game is that he can defend, but also he has like these binges that make him seem unstoppable. And I think that there is – I'm beginning to think more and more that like kind of these – that streakiness can be a virtue, mm-hmm. in a way that kind of props you up. That is hard to measure, and I think for Clay, the ability that he has to just go off—you're always worried about that. That's always in the back of your head, and it affects how you defend the rest of the team. So, yeah. let's take a step back with Golden State, right? So, I want to go mm-hmm. back since they since their last year with Durant, but let's say pre Achilles, they 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 decide. They lose Igadala and Livingston retires. Mm-hmm. They decide to trade Igadala for a distant first-round pick, or no, they gave up a distant first-round pick to mm-hmm. move him and execute this very complicated maneuver to get D'Angelo Russell. That was what happened last year. That mm-hmm. fails big time. Mm-hmm. They get Andrew Wiggins, but it's still is kind of like, eh, I don't know what... It, We'll see what happens to him. Um, they haven't made a good draft pick in a while until Wiseman. We'll see. But, you know, for for reasons that make sense and reasons that, you know, don't, their talent beyond their top players is completely depleted. I would say that by the end of their time, they were relying more on Durant than they did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, not. I mean, it's going to be interesting, I mean, to see what Steph looks like. They've traded a first-round pick for Kelly Oubre Jr., who they're saying, like, is a really good fit for them. But then I'm thinking to myself, like, how is Steve Kerr going to want to run his, like, patented system with, like, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre Jr. as his wings? I feel like that's, like, yeah, a man. little bit too much, like, kind of spontaneity for those two. Yeah, and guys
0: who are, like, 30% three-point shooters. Right.
1: And I, I, <laughs> I think Kelly Oubre Jr. was a great fit for what Phoenix was doing last year. I think that was, like, yeah. a beautiful system. They were it was simple great lot of reads a lot of ability to cut to the basket I think his role is really to well to def- play in, in Oklahoma City
0: I, I thought it'd be fun to watch him play with, with uh, Kid Gilchrist or Shea Gilchrist I should say and uh, Gilgis
1: Gilgis Alexander. Gilgis
0: Shea Gilgis Alexander yeah, yes right. wow and uh, yeah I would have liked to have seen him playing a, a loose atmosphere again, um, which is sort of what he was doing in Phoenix. Well, but I, and
1: look, I look. think I think Phoenix actually was not a loose atmosphere in terms of the way they they played offense. I think it was quite structured. High yeah, expectations, was, but yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, true. yeah.
1: But yeah. but sort of, I I feel like Kerr has got to adjust the system if they want to get the most out of Kelly Uber because I think the more you make him think. I think the worse he could be like, this is, this is not an Iguodala smart IQ player
0: on that level. He is more of an athlete. No. You know. Yeah. I mean, talk about when that's like, the, you just defined Wiggins too.
1: Right. Draymond Green is a lot older. He's got his contract extension, but he's, I mean, really he's been kind of declining a little bit since just the, some of the supernova seasons mm-hmm. he had. Wiseman's a rookie. He might be great. He might be not Their Big man rotation, you know, Are they getting something from Marquise Chris? They seem to get something in a a losing effort last year. I don't know. To me, I look at this team and I say, man, we're really like asking a lot of a 32-year-old
0: Steph Curry. Yeah, a lot of Phoenix Suns ex-Suns players too when the Suns weren't good, so that's never good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, that is a lot to ask for Steph. Maybe 72 games will help Steph. Maybe the idea that, Again, I, I don't know. I think the Warriors looked at themselves when Clay was healthy two weeks ago as coming into being a playoff team. You know, jumping right back into the thick of the Western Conference. More
1: than a playoff team, I think that. Yeah,
0: I mean, probably yeah, I mean, up there with I mean. the LA teams. Sure, and they're not now. They're not. They're not like. Are Clay, they even Clay, a playoff team? That's what I was going to. literally was going to ask you just without Clay. I don't know if they're a playoff team. And right. We'll see what Steph can do. I, I have always had a lot of confidence in Steph to, you know, dominate a basketball game in a very specific way that, that really only Steph Curry can. I, I don't know if, like, if you're putting Wiseman and Draymond on the court with Steph, that's two guys who can't shoot. There's a lot less uh, call it whatever, uh, um, you know, gravity to or the pool that Steph has when you can play off of these guys. I mean, look, Wiggins, if you tell me Wiggins, Oubre, Draymond and Weissman are the other starters. I mean, I don't I don't know if that's a good team. Like I think that's Steph Curry with four guys who might not who might be the opposite of the type of player you'd want to play with Steph Curry at this point.
1: No, the the counter argument to that would be, well, look at what he did in that one game in the finals where Clay, Durant, they all weren't playing, and it was like mm-hmm. Steph and guys who were way worse than Wiggins and Kelly Oubre and like they still yeah. competed. I mean, that's the counter argument is that if Steph is so good at gravity, like he kind of makes everyone better. Um, yeah. That, that, I guess we'll have to see if that's true anymore. I mean, he's not, this isn't the, the Steph of three years ago. Yeah. Um, He's, I guess we'll see maybe, it or maybe it is. I don't know. But I mean, I just, I just remember thinking like last year, I looked at that team, the names are still there, but I was kind of like, uh, What exactly do they have there? And then they were just – you watched them in preseason, and I felt like 12 of the guys were playing one game, and Draymond and Steph were playing the other. And (laughs) you just sort of – it sort of laid bare how thin they were. And I look at this team, and they have some other names, so they're not quite as thin. But I don't know if, like, they really have a lot of depth anymore. I mean – Without Clay, I mean, I think if they had Clay, it would be different. I think, I think maybe if they have Clay, they have Marcus
0: Salt too, and then they can kind of play their style or something like that. I, you know, who knows? Yeah. But well, I mean, it's just it's the idea that you know Steph is not a defensive stalwart, and Clay is a, a, a tremendous defensive wing, and that Draymond's main attribute at this point is defense and decision making, and he is a reluctant shooter at best at this point. So, yeah, yeah. who's you know, shooting the ball? I think that's what that's what important. I'm. Clay yeah. was also important because I mean,
1: this was kind of true during their run as well, pre without Durant. But like they, they were this like kind of historic shooting backcourt that didn't have a lot of didn't have a lot of shooting. Like they played big. They slowly became much more ret- retrograde in their shot selection, much more mid range shots, more dunks. And and now they just they they got one shooter, mm-hmm. maybe the best shooter yeah, of all time. Shooter. Maybe the best shooter of all time, but he's only one guy. So I I if I had to pick right now, I think they missed the playoffs.
0: Wow. Yeah. And that is, you know, look not the way you want Steph's career to kind of wind down. I I, dude, I I look at the other guards on this team, like the other people to take some ball handling off of Steph if he were ever to run off ball, and it's like Brad Wanamaker, Jordan Poole, and Nico Mannion. Like, I mean (laughs) That's the other thing too, right? Like if
1: you're gonna if you're gonna be dynamic with Steph, like you're also you're also talking about two wings that are not great playmakers. No. As yeah. well, in addition to that. So it's not like you've got it's not like you've got like an Aegad dollar Livingston type figure who can kind of handle the ball. I mean totally. You know, maybe Wiggins kind of shows himself, but I, I just look at I feel like that team is sorely missing the kind of IQ you need to play Warriors Ball.
0: Yep. Okay, that feels right.
1: We'll see. Right. The other interesting team at west, are like kind of, it's just if they stay as is, is like is Houston better than Golden State? I would say right now, yes.
0: No, yeah, yeah, I think so. With James Harden and Westbrook still, uh, you know, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, Christian Wood was a nice signing. Um, I would be surprised if Tucker, Gordon, and Daniel House are all on the team to start the year. Yeah, it feels like there's still many moves to be made. I mean, we'll see, right? Because if if you're telling me that Houston's going to just try to like compete in the West with this team, then they shouldn't have traded Covington. <laughs>
1: like okay, you know, see I you know. I kind of agree but then like I also think to myself like if you're a Houston wouldn't you rather have the upside of Christian Wood than Covington? Uh, he still gives uh, he he's yeah. a better off much better offensive player. Much better. I mean I Yeah, guess,
0: he's not he's not as good of a th- shooter, a three-point shooter. No, he's a much better three-point shooter.
1: Covington was Christian, like the, Christian Wood shot like 39% from three last year. You don't think that's
0: a little bit of a – I'm looking it up right now. His career three-point percentage.
1: Christian Wood, I mean, you get him because he can shoot threes. That's what you think of Christian Wood as? Really? Like he's a skilled – I think of him a as big, like a, a – big guy who can shoot the ball, yeah.
0: I mean, dude, last year he shot 38% from three. The year before he shot 28 that, he's a career thirty six I don't know, I mean that's you get him to shoot threes. Like that's kinda of, like I guess he's so.
1: he's giving you he's giving you a lot more offensively than Covington did. I think defensively Yeah, more is, offensively, yeah. Defensively yeah. is a question and like you know, there is like kind of I remember a decade ago <laughs> when Andrew Blatch had that amazing second half of the year, <laughs> like for the Wizards, yeah. and yeah. yeah, everybody got really excited. People got really excited. They extended him, and
0: like he went right back to his bad habits. You know, I mean, look, Christian Wood has had one of the weirdest NBA careers, and I know this is probably better than anyone, given that he's like a multiple ten-day contract recipient of the Sixers, uh, a, a summer league guy, like a uh, you know someone who's bounced around. And essentially done really well in each little pocket that he's provided for teams, and then never stuck. So I'm happy he got a contract here, like a nice one, that kind of suits the effort that he's put into to his career um, and the journey he's been on. But yeah, I, I mean, look, I, Covington is a streaky three point shooter. Covington's also a really good off ball defender and a very. He's just a pain in the ass to play against. Like he makes teams uncomfortable. Um, he, I'd argue, he plays a lot bigger. And I, I'm Christian Wood defensively has always been a bit of a liability, and maybe plays a little smaller. I, they're a weird team in general to me, man, because they when this off season has been predicated upon what's going to happen to Harden and Westbrook, and that they're still making the ancillary moves that you would make as, assuming that you have these guys like locked in. Like,
1: are they? I mean, it's, yes, it's
0: but weird team building
1: yes but i think that if you had the choice long term let's say you had to trade one of those guys and sort of start to be to team don't you think that you'd rather have christian wood on his contract than
0: robert yeah, yeah, on his yeah yeah that's true that's true like and i, I think, also
1: and they had two more DeMarcus cousins
0: getting a getting a try to here yeah um, yeah um no i just think it's good for cousins i mean it feels so he's another guy who's had Similar to Clay, two of the worst injuries you can have back to back. And that's just rare, you know, rare and shitty, yeah. rare and really shitty. So, and yeah. he's big.
1: Is there any other team that interests you? I mean, we didn't really talk about the Clippers. Uh, no, from, I don't. I think, I think like the if you look at like Central Bank is a really good pickup. Is he. So is Kennard, by the way. If he's, it's an interesting pickup too because I mean, why would you have Canard and Lou Williams on the same team? I have Lou to Williams think that. getting traded, my man. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, I have to think that that's what the next step is. Um, the pay, the Clippers are very much betting that the problem last year was chemistry and not personnel. Let's put it that way.
0: And underplaying and guys not playing up to their potential. Like right, they're, they, they're betting there's a lot more meat on the bone there.
1: They have not fixed what, if you look at a basketball sense, their two biggest problems, which was passing. And not having another sort of role playing wing to slot in with George and Leonard other than Marcus Morris, who they paid a zillion dollars to. And that was, yeah, it's weird. Weird, sort of, I mean, it makes sense why they did that. So they're basically betting that, like, you know, the problem was not personnel for us last year, and we'll see mm-hmm. if they're right. Um, anybody else yeah. that interests you?
0: No, not really, man. I, I, this. I guess you could say New Orleans has been interesting given that, you know, Ingram just got his maxed out deal. Steven Adams doesn't really fit particularly well, uh, but we'll see what they do. And then you like, don't Blood, think so? so. You don't think Steven Adams fits
1: particularly well?
0: well. I'd give Zion as much space in the paint as I could possibly give him. And if that's, that's Adam's turf. I mean, he's a, very and a nice player. I like Stephen Adams. I think he's made a great career for himself, but um, I would give Zion as much room as possible to, uh, to flourish plus, especially cause now they have blood. So he's another guy who wants to get to the paint if he's playing effectively and not just shoot, chucking threes um, and, and taking bad shots. um, Yeah. They're interesting. Plus Kira Lewis is another, they're they're rookie that they drafted. Yeah. Um, interesting point guard prospect too. So like, yeah. Uh, the only other team I can think of that comes to mind um
1: I think I think Those New Orleans. I think New Orleans is going to make the playoffs. That's my one yeah, of my bold, one of my bold predictions. I, I like their roster, and I like. I think they. I mean, this was, Alvin Gentry, really nice guy. I think they made a major coaching upgrade, getting Van G- yeah. Staying Gundy. Um, yeah,
0: for sure. I'm excited for to see what Stan can do. He's, he's I, won a lot of us over on Twitter.
1: I think they got a lot of interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll <laughs> miss his game analyst analysis. Uh, I like like they got some interesting guys as well. Like I think we might see something from Nick and Alexander Walker this year. And yep. so JJ Reddick. Um I I like Josh Hart. I think they've kind of cleared a little bit more of a runway for him to play a little bit more. Wendy and Gabriel, kind of a nice little pickup for them, especially if you're talking about giving Zion a little more space. Um mm-hmm. And I, and then look, Adams is an upgrade on Derek Favors, who was very good for them last year in terms of their de- when they when he was on the floor, their defense was competent. Mm-hmm. And I think Adams is better than that. So I don't know. My mm-hmm. I think I would as of right now, I think New Orleans makes the playoffs over the Warriors.
0: Hmm. A I'm lot sure. depends
1: on like how Zion looks, but uh, yeah. I think. I I like their – I think they have – I like the Van Gundy. I think they got as a real coup to get Van Gundy in there. Yeah. I think he will make them better quickly.
0: Yeah. The only other move – like fringe moves I like – I like Joe Harris resigning and and Shamit going to uh to Brooklyn. Me too. Uh, Bruce Bowen, Another uh, Bruce Brown. I'm sorry, another guy who like I think makes them a little bit better and will get good minutes in the rotation. So like yeah. I, I think Brooklyn added some good pieces. Um, I don't want to talk too much about Charlotte. That just that all depends on do you like giving Gordon Hayward max money. We've already kind of both set our piece uh, there. Um, Boston's had a kind of a weird off season uh, given the mid level to. Full mid level to Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, had it, they they did extend into the they maxed out uh Tatum. Um Jeff Teague doesn't do anything for me. And they had what a lot of analysts are saying was a bad draft. Always hard to judge. We got to see it play out. They took a couple guys in the first round that people had going in the second round. Um, and we'll see. Um, so not a whole lot else that I that I need to touch on here. Um let see. Have yeah, you figured
1: it's out it's what good. Detroit is doing? Because I, I still have no, yet
0: to no. do so. No, still waiting <laughs> on people who know more about Detroit uh, basketball to to get in contact with us. Because I'm a little, I'm a little lost. Dude, they're, they're building a horrendous team. Um, uh, the only shocking thing there to me is that Jeremy Grant was allegedly offered, apparently offered the same contract with Denver and one of the bigger role. And I... I yeah, he had a nice role on Denver. He was a really important piece of a good team. Yeah, at... but
1: he, he didn't have like a, I'm running pick and roll, and I want to be the guy. Yeah, 100%.
0: Wrong. So I, that's I believe, an interesting decision.
1: I also believe, and I could be wrong about this, that there is some sort of connection between Grant and Troy
0: Weaver. Like they go back a, while, a ways. Hmm.
1: I could be wrong about that. Um, I don't-
0: I'm just happy that I was right about Jeremy Grant from the very beginning. Uh, if you go back and listen to all of our podcasts from many, many years well, were ago. Were you? I
1: mean, yeah. yeah right, always in what's, Grant.
0: right in what sense? Like, So he gets a big contract. Like, Yeah, no, I just always thought it was going to be like a good piece on a good team. Now he's going to be a big piece on a bad team instead of a good piece on a good team. But he yeah. was a really important piece of the, of the Nuggets run last year. And and I think I think it's probably unfortunate for his career growth. Like, uh, I should say not career growth. It's probably good for whatever he thinks his ceiling is as a star player if you will he's not going to be an all-star and on that team they still have other people who are going to take too many shots so i don't that's what i was most confused about it's like jeremy like you better believe Blake Griffin's going to get his, um, you know, Derek Rose is going to get his, um, you go down the list. I mean, uh, what's his name? Sekou. Duboya. Uh, Duboya. Like they, they're still trying to figure out what they have there as their first round pick from the year before. Killian so. Hayes, too. don't forget about first that. round draft pick this year. Yeah. So I like, guess
1: I don't understand why you would leave Nikola Jokic. If you're like kind no, of a know. player like Green. I don't really understand. That doesn't make much sense. I totally, I don't really, I mean, I don't really get that much either. Um, I mean, I know it was like kind of an awkward fit during the regular season. And he kind of was amazing in the yeah. bubble. Then be coloring our perceptions. Like, I don't think Denver will miss him as much as people during the regular season. I actually think they might miss Torrey Craig a little more than they think. But that's a whole separate conversation. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, if you're Jeremy Grant, I guess I'm a little confused. Like, why would you not want to play with Jokic? Just seems like that seems like he was is a great fit. But you know, yeah. everybody, every NBA player's got different ambitions.
0: Um, yeah. Can't speak for him, but we will get to see the what he would assume is the full range of his skill set that wasn't being tapped into in Denver. Um, Yeah, I mean that's that's really all I got here. This is you know NBA free agency on November 25th. There's still spots to be filled on teams, potential trades to be made. Season starts in a month, and it's going to be weird. Like this is just going to be a weird season to cover. We've had just came out of one of the most tumultuous NBA seasons uh, to date. Um, we're going to start this season where there could be 3,000 people dying a day uh, come the end of December. 2,000 people are dying a day right now of COVID. Um, A lot of these teams play in in states that, quite frankly, don't take COVID seriously enough. Uh We are moving the Toronto Raptors to Tampa Bay, Florida.
1: Which, by the way, Uh is going to be very interesting because I think if you just kept them in Toronto and that team, I think they did – I think they were. I don't think they got better, but I don't think they're going to miss the guys they they lost as much as you'd think. But then you throw in the factor of wait a minute, they're all going to be displaced in Florida all year. Like, how does that affect the way they play? That could be really significant, you know? But, yeah. Because on paper, I think, you know, Baines is a pretty good player. I think Chris Boucher was ready to take the step for Ibaka. I kind of like DeAndre Bembry. I think he's a really underrated little player, you know? But. And they're they got Dan Fleet
0: back on a nice contract and like uh, they paid him, but it's a good deal for a guy who's a quality player. So And they preserve 2021 space, but they're playing in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Like what
1: is that going to mean for their – yeah. I
0: mean look, if we were to assume no fans are going to be in the building, that's one thing. But yeah, talking about family and psyche and all that stuff, like not to mention like <laughs> the, the NHL pivoted their bubble to Canada last year because they wouldn't play in America because we weren't doing a good enough job. Right. Toronto is a much safer place to be than anywhere in florida let alone anywhere in america and so like there's gonna be this isn't the nfl we've talked about this last podcast there isn't gonna be this relationship to like oh we're missing two running backs but it's okay we have two other running backs and a practice squad player who can come in like COVID's gonna be a big part of this season team depth you know we're poo-pooing these fringe quality players or guys who are like are the sixth seventh man or eighth man maybe on a roster but that's where like a a Bruce Brown or whatever is a really big ad for Brooklyn because say Lavert and uh, Joe Harris, just out of, you know, guys who play in similar positions, say they both get COVID like, or on the list. Then all of a sudden you have a player to step in. Like depth is going to matter more now, even though the season's shorter probably than ever before. And
1: also, also they're you know, going to play more compressed. I mean, if, they try, if yep. they're successful in getting all 72 games in, which yep. I'm very skeptical of, They're going to play a more compressed schedule. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be weird. But I got to say, like, I don't think any NBA team massively changed what their trajectory was. So far. I I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta and I think, is the closest. Maybe New Orleans. Again, I'm I'm like, I mean, I guess, but not even New Orleans because they lost Drew Holiday, so not New Orleans. Atlanta is probably the closest. Golden State, just because Steph comes back. Outside of that, I don't think there's any team that's really – very different than they were the year before. It may look a lot like last year in the end. Mm.
0: Again, barring James
1: Harden trade or whatever happens to Giannis, which I'm sure will be something. And we'll see. Anyway, Ben. Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Hey, last, last thing, man, last thing, the world, the world of sports lost an icon today in uh, Diego Maradona. And I know that you and I both love the sport of soccer and it's interesting to watch uh, and sad to see, but uh, all of the players currently playing uh, just by how old they are uh revere i mean in a, in a level that this would be like michael jordan passing away in the nba world it is that level of of superstar so i just wanted to say you know i like i i only know from watching old footage and documentaries and uh, and and word of mouth listening to podcasts etc the impact that maradona had on on the truly the world sport um but watching today you know every public uh, figure in the sports world political world um uh, you name it coming out and kind of saying their condolences you get to see uh how how big of a presence maradona had on the sports world and so uh just would be remiss to not mention him on even though it's an nba podcast i'm sure there are players like uh you know like the manager nobles of the world uh and scolas of the world who their favorite athlete growing up i know for a fact was probably diego maradona and not some basketball player mm, so you asked them um yeah, no. I mean, you could just you know this. Like, the, yeah. there's. I told Jenna today because you know my, my wife is uh, an actor, and I was like, he's the most famous Argentinian ever. There's no one close. And she's like, what about Eva Peron? And I was like, look, Evita is big and uh, as a play, and uh, Eva Peron was an amazing, immense political figure. Mm. But like, Maradona is like, Maradona's there's Maradona. two soccer pl- there's two two soccer players ever that even get into like the conversation who do you of think, the greatest. Who do you, you think know, is and a he's Mar- one of them.
1: Who do you think is Maradona of the NBA? Is it someone like Iverson?
0: No, I don't think he's big enough, uh, I, and, I, and I think and that's Allen Iverson to me. It's like I think it's, I think that the NBA, it's Jordan and LeBron are your two icons. I think I, it might be someone like Magic, um, someone who like, if it dominated the '80s when the NBA, we just needed him the most. The like Maradona won the the World Cup for Argentina. Um, he has the hand of God. Like he has a lot of the most seminal moments um, right. of an era, and plus he also. He, look, he won the, um, uh, the Scudero, the, the, the Copa Italia, like the the the, the seminal trophies in Italy
1: right. as an
0: Argentinian. He, he helped make South American soccer a global commodity, uh, more so than almost anyone else aside from A. Pele and other Brazilian players. But he put Argentina on the map. Um, and now, as you look, some of the best players in the world right now playing for like Juventus and uh, Man City, uh, you go down the list, they're Argentinian players. Um, mm. And they
1: haven't won a World Cup since then. So... I only mentioned Iverson because mm-hmm. I know Maradona was a small, first of all, very small. Yeah, And second sure. of like all, I had a sure, yes. fair share of, uh, you know, polarizing and baggage that yeah. followed him.
0: Yeah, Iverson never, yes, he did, he did. That's a good, actually a nice comp in that regard. Now, last thing I'll say too is he's short, but soccer is a sport played from the ground up.
1: Well, Messi uh, is short,
0: he, so yeah. He is, and Messi's probably the second greatest Argentinian player and probably the third or fourth greatest player of all time but that just shows you that, mm. just where maradona i also is.
1: So, i also yeah. said iverson because when you were talking about influence i think iverson has mm. much more influence on the sport than he will ever get credit for
0: that's true that's true maybe that is the right comp it's a it's a cultural slash sports fit um or maradona fits maybe. in too but if is you that- haven't watched the documentary on hbo yet everyone go check it out it's so fucking good
1: Alright, well that has been Happy Thanksgiving everyone, stay safe Please don't do anything dumb and gather in big groups um, <laughs> For Thanksgiving It's probably too late if you already are doing it But alas uh, Protect the rest of the world We can get through this if we just bear down For another couple months Once and for all, let's, let's not get antsy Let's kind of figure this out And stop short-circuiting it Don't be the Atlanta Hawks Of COVID Stick with the process <laughs> And that's that.
0: All right. This is limited upside podcast till next time. I'm Ben. That's Mike. Have a happy Thanksgiving.